Nocturnal Journal. There's a real toe tapper about birds and stuff. So, so this is radio. But so the one I did this year, it's minimalist. So it's like a music box. So what you did, you gave me a, uh, you gave me a a, a, a bird blue. It's a bluebird house. Mm-hmm. So I slapped some some some, some, some things here. about like birds, when doves cry, and uh, <laughs> free bird. You know. Um, uh, Charlie, Charlie Parker, and then I did some, you know, oh, like I heard a bird there. Um, I should show that to you. Uh, the doo-wop stuff, like the Blue Jays and stuff like that. So I did something like that this year. That what are some of the more outrageous ones uh, you've seen? You know, I mean, you've had, you've had some, we were talking before the show started, you've, you've had some really, really lavish Sorrow. ones. Yeah, yeah, talk about some of the really... Uh, you know, but the thing that was so amazing about this show is that in, and we don't do an annual yeah. We do it every four or five years when the spirit moves. And what's been amazing is only one time did I get two similar concepts. Otherwise, oh, really? they were all completely unique. So, you know, it was, uh, it's interesting. Uh, and what's great is you give your artists freedom. There's not really no rules. Rules? Yeah. <laughs> what are rules? <laughs> so, yeah, really? Yeah. Rules? <laughs> so um, talk about, um, you've been on the show before, as has your brother. Talk about what it was like growing up with your mom and dad. I want to really give a shout out on a Mother's Day weekend to your mom, Mary Frances. That's true. And I'm, how old will she? She's got a... She will be 99 September 1st. Isn't that something? It is a trip. And she's a trip. Yeah. yeah. But so was my father. He was a trip. So, uh, for you know, for listeners who aren't that familiar, talk about what it was growing up in a creative world like that. I'm always fascinated with your dad's love of mobiles and just the things he would do, gardens and stuff. I, How did that influence you guys as children? I kind of thought I was in vaudeville till I was 14. Uh-huh. I didn't realize I wasn't. Yeah. So, you know, it was... It was Interesting and and different, and we moved around a lot initially, and then ended up out east, and then I came back to the Midwest when he, shortly after he bought the White Sox back the second time. And when uh, some people don't learn the first. Time. <laughs> and the first time when he sold, you went out to um, Maryland. Maryland. And there, what was the environment like? Were you in the woods? Were you around nature? It was. Yeah. Yeah. I was. It was a very rural. Um, area and uh, you know, beautiful. It's beautiful out there. And but, did, that, um, did that make an imprint? That had to make an imprint on you. I think. Yeah. I think you know. I mean, I created um, a birdhouse that's a church for Saint Francis of Assisi, who was my patron saint. And you know, the bishop said to my mother, "Well, she has to have Saint Francis de Sales," and my mom goes. She told me, you have to have a female patron saint. And I go, who's St. Francis de Sales? <laughs> and so my mom went up against the bishop, and I got St. Francis of Assisi. <laughs> but there was one thing I did want to say is that the bird monitors, they're out there at 530 in the morning with this gig. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just... Yeah, well, actually, as I was coming into the studio tonight, we got a call because we have a helpline about a bird that was uh, actually right across the river. I'm looking out over the studio windows here. I think one of our volunteers is out there right now because we got a report of a bird that had hit a window this late in the evening, and I think he's down there right now wrangling something into a net to get it safe because these birds are coming in in the hundreds. Uh, they're passing through Chicago in the millions. Uh, they're, they're, they're marathon travelers that are coming all the way from South America and heading to Canada. Mm-hmm. They come through Chicago, which has changed so radically from the years when they came through here, and it was just a, an open space with land and water and prairies. Uh, now there's uh, lights and and, and glass buildings, and it's a it's a hazard zone for them. So we're out there on the streets, uh, trying to get those birds safe and trying to make protections for them in the future. In some of my notes, I read because of the location. Tell me if this is right. Uh, in, uh, because of location on, on migratory routes, Chicago uh, skyline kills more birds than any other uh, city in the country. It has the it has the potential. That study from Cornell showed that because we have the number of birds and the potential of light attraction that we stand to to be the the biggest hazard zone for birds which is why we want the buildings have to be safer and uh because they are coming through in in such large numbers and the building has they've done lights out have they done lights light, out light initiatives? reduction is helping yeah. the, the the bright uh, uh antennas and display lights are going out is as a completely voluntary project that's been going on uh, since the late 90s and we know that's saving thousands of bird lives right there it's a simple thing to do you don't need your lights on after midnight it saves energy it saves money uh it makes a darker place that's even better for people to live in because they found that that's better for human health to be, live in a dark environment do you find that the buildings near the water are problematic like mccormick place i I mean, would a bird would a bird fly into our window here? At Most WGN? definitely, really. They're, yeah, now certainly along the river corridors and the lakefront corridors are ones we're concerned about. These birds are following these geographic boundaries. They're nice places to stop and rest. Uh, songbirds fly at night, so right now above our heads, there's sometimes a carpet of birds flying at night that you don't even know. Uh, they're up there uh, traveling at night so that they, during the day they can rest and feed, and they're heading our way. And we're privileged; people uh, live and visit Chicago just to see the bird life that we get here and during the spring and fall migration. They, these birds don't live here. They're tourists. They're, they're coming through twice a year, and uh, they're trying to just have a safe uh, passage to where they're going to, to breed in the summer and to rest in the winter. How many volunteers do you have? We have uh, over over 200 volunteers currently. We, we started with a, do- a handful of volunteers, about a dozen people, back in 2003 when we started. And we have built up uh, a network of volunteers. About 150 are involved in downtown projects looking for the birds in our morning hours right at sunrise when we come out. We have people throughout the Chicago area that are helping us with all other kinds of rescues that can happen at people's homes, at people's office, uh, places of work, at at schools, at at hospitals. So uh, we try to be able to respond and help people uh, who, who are really showing a lot of concern. The response has been phenomenal about how much people really want to help birds. And how can people get involved? Throw out a website? Yes, our, our webpage is uh, www.birdmonitors.net. Uh, shows our training classes, shows all the things we need people to do from going around picking up birds to just driving birds to the places they need to go. The injured birds have to go to hospitals or veterinary uh, services at wildlife rehab centers. Uh, we need people to find the birds. We need people to uh, to help us with just our education and uh, and advocacy work that we're trying to do to to do initiatives to s- help the birds so we don't even have to come out and pick them up if we make the buildings and the in the environment safer for them we'd like to find less birds downtown. Uh, Nancy and Anne, can you talk a little bit about again we maybe touched on this earlier but just the cross pollination of of, the, of these worlds like art working with something like this I mean just the two things coming together. Nancy, you want to take that? Sure. 
Um, I got pictures to show. Well, it's radio, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk the pictures. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Uh, but, but you know the art. Uh, I've got a picture here of Maria in the studio when we came to see her birdhouse. Uh, David and I, uh, who have uh, David and I, my husband and I have uh, birdhouses in her show, and we've known her for years. And her energy and her complete dedication to the artists and uh, causes in the community, as well as birds, dogs, everything. She has got such an open heart. Uh, she overwhelms me every time. Well, the, the, every pe- time. people need to visit the space because the space oh, reflects her personality. Every time. Yeah. And so, anyway, it does. So I got we got pictures of her with the St. Francis Assisi uh, birdhouse, which is awesome. And then uh, she encouraged us to make uh, birdhouses, which I'm not a sculptor. So here we go, and I made a birdhouse, and here's a picture of it. Well, yeah, you it's can't a beauty. You can't see it. But anyway, yeah. it's got a metal roof, and it's cool. It's got fake birds on it. But uh, Maria is, um, uh, I can't say too much more about her, except there's Please everything. Don't. No, she has got, okay, Birds I Have Known. That's the title of, of this show. Uh, she, with all these people she has in it, she has two opening receptions on the 17th and the 18th. She is over, uh, you know, over the top. And, uh, <laughs> That's and, one way of putting it. <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, and you want to elaborate on that? Well, I think that it gave a lot of artists an opportunity to do something that's very different from what they ordinarily would do. You know, when you have to wrap your head around something that is not part of your usual studio process, it's an extremely good thing for artists. It stretches your imagination. And because I've been working in ceramic, for example, for the last um, four years, in addition to my painting, I made a family of wrens and put them on the side of the wren house. And when I brought it in, um, in addition to a second one that my sculptor husband, uh, Jeff Novelli, and I collaborated on based on Buckingham Fountain, I found that I had turned the Wren houses um, 90 degrees from what um, they ordinarily are, but yet it worked. Um, you know, it was they were not symmetrical, but yet they became pieces of sculpture in and of themselves. They look like prairie-style buildings almost. It's giving me an idea for what I'd like to do for the next birdhouse show. It was inspiring to see a birdhouse that was uh, made of Legos by one of the artists. Oh, wow. And that... That's great. That girl was like nine years old. Yeah. Wow, you should that's see great. this piece. Well, you will see it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And there was one that looked like it was from the Space Age, which we're in now, of course, yeah. that was made of metal. And the only thing that was birdhouse looking about it is that it had a hole in it, which showed you that a bird could actually fly in there and make a nest. It might be kind of a cold space for a, even for a bird, but um, it certainly could function that way. But my guess is that most people who buy the birdhouses here at the show will not use them for its purpose. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, sculptural. we got a break. Give us the website and the address, Maria. It's 2113 West Roscoe, and uh, it's August House. Um, studio.com and it opens uh six o'clock to nine o'clock on may 17th and another reception on may 18th 2113 west roscoe thank you guys for coming in thank you i I love you guys and farley Gaines from the woman's caucus for art nancy bechtel from august house maria veck from august house and annette prince from the chicago bird collision monitors 
Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Good luck, Birdhouse. That is a trick.